I'll be reading from uh, Galatians 4, 4 through 7, in your few Bibles, page 189. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of God for the people of God. Seek God. Should be on. There we go. As for some reason, at some point, I started thinking about Otis Campbell and his wife Rita. Now, in case you don't know, we have Otis and Rita here this morning. Kit's name is Otis. His real first name is Otis, and he married Rita. So uh, the character of Otis Campbell, the town drunk in in, uh, Andy Griffith, was based based upon Otis's life over here. So we're very honored to have you with us, Kit. Um, But not actually. But I don't know why, but I began to think about that, and I thought, well, there's something here about Otis Campbell that uh, uh, related me back to that scripture. And I think it was thinking about sin and thinking about addiction. And in our world today, we talk a lot about addiction. We don't so much use the word sin as we do addiction because we realize that a lot of sin is addiction. It's, uh, It's things that are very hard for people to overcome. And so rather than... um, using that word sin, which seems to place so much blame upon somebody and intentionality, recognizing how hard it is for the person to change, we, we have used that word addiction. And Otis Campbell was addicted to alcohol. He, uh, on the show, was usually used as comic relief. Uh, but also there were some shows where there was a seriousness, as there often was in, in the Andy Griffith show, a seriousness about what was going on with Otis, I thought about Otis, uh, you know, we are no longer slaves to sin. I thought about the chains of slavery, and I thought about Otis and the fact that every weekend on, uh, 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 he would go on Saturday, usually Saturday at some point, he would go and lock himself up in the, in the Mayberry Jail. And then he would unlock himself and dismiss himself the next morning. Uh, did you know, I mean, there was an episode where he brought his church, his suit for church on Friday down to the sheriff's office because he wanted to put it on on Sunday morning when he had gotten over uh, uh, his hangovers and everything. And he wanted to go to church and sing in the choir. So he's going straight from jail to the choir. <laughs> did you know that he was... Um, Yeah, which is just a coincidence. Uh, (laughs) That may be why the choir's not here tonight. They just drank a little too long last night. I don't know. But he was actually deputized by Andy so that he could do all of this himself. He could, in effect, arrest himself, put himself in jail, and release himself. But there was a particular episode, uh, episode 31 of the second season, the final episode of the season that, uh, that really came to mind. 
in terms of Otis and his drinking and its effect on his life. Um, uh, and, and by the way, does anybody know what Otis did for a living? He actually worked Monday through fr- fr- Friday. It was Friday evening through Saturday evening that he did his drinking. But the rest of the week, he had a job that he maintained well. He was a, uh, uh, a glue dipper at a furniture factory. He dipped the glue, apparently, that they used for the furniture, and that was what he did, a very, very humble, humble job. And he had a wife who uh, we very seldom saw, Rita, but, uh, but Rita, uh, he, uh, he, Otis was arrested two times for things that were unrelated to the alcohol. One time it was because he swung a leg of lamb at his wife, Rita, and hit his mother-in-law instead. So they had him arrested. And the other time he spiked the punch. Do you remember when Barney got drunk with the mayor? Yeah, yeah, it was Otis who spiked the punch, and that was a violation of uh, the state was dry at that time, so that was a violation of the law, so he got arrested for that. But in episode 31, uh, what I remembered from way back, and, and then I went and I watched it again in the car coming back. We had gone down to Virginia Beach for a couple of days and saw some friends, and coming back last night, I, I got it on my phone, and I watched the episode again. And in the episode, his brother comes from out of town with his wife. Otis uh, is uh, at the jail. He's, it's the next morning, and he's uh, sober again, and he comes out. And Barney comes in, and there's a letter to Otis that's addressed care of the sheriff's office. And Otis uh, confesses that sometimes he used the sheriff's office stationery to write letters with. So it was from his sister-in-law. And she said in the letter that they were coming uh, to visit that afternoon, on Saturday afternoon. And that was Saturday afternoon. So Otis is a little bit upset about this. And he says, well, I think they've gotten the idea that I'm a deputy. So Barney being the, I mean, uh, Andy being the kind-hearted man that he was, offered to help him out by deputizing him and giving him a uniform for the time that his brother and sister-in-law were there. So uh, Barney's upset about this. It's, a, it's an insult to Barney that Otis would be a deputy, obviously. And so Otis gets the uniform on. He's pretty proud of it. Boy, he, looked, he looks great. He goes home there. You can see he's sworn in. And then Barney comes over and has some additional swearing-in words for him. It's, 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 it's very funny, that part of it. Uh, Barney says, uh, in part, uh, one of the oaths he makes him take is that he will not, uh, is that he will at all times act and look like a deputy. And so Otis repeats it. And then Barney says, and I will not drink liquor while in this uniform. And Otis says, at all times I will act and look like a deputy. <laughs> he doesn't want to say that. So, uh, so his brother comes into town, and, and they meet, and the brother, the whole way, they show him in the car, he's talking to his wife, and he's saying, I can't believe Otis is a deputy, you know, because Otis was the kid, it's explained to you, the one in the family who everybody thought was going to be a failure. He was the one who was never going to amount to anything. And so his brother just can't believe that he's a deputy. And uh, so they're driving along, they get there, and there's Otis in that uniform. Uh, looking all spiffy. The brother still can't believe it. Later on, Otis goes down to the sheriff's office, tells Andy and Barney, and says, uh, my brother has disappeared, and I know what he's doing. 
He's going around town trying to get information on me. He's going to find out that I'm not really a deputy. And Otis was very upset about this. But then a few minutes later, his brother comes into the sheriff's office. You know, with his hat on to the side and his shirt tail hanging out, drunk. The brother who Otis was afraid would find out that he was the town drunk was the town drunk where he came from also. And all these years had hidden that from Otis. And the funny thing is he comes into the jail and he goes over and he unlocks the cell and puts himself in just like Otis would. (laughs) Said he did the same thing back in his town. Otis actually reprimands him at that point. He's embarrassed by his behavior. He says, you're breaking the laws of the state. And he gives him a little lecture. And his brother says, but you've given me hope. If you, can, if you can kick it, I can do it. If you can reform, I can reform. But there were several things that happened in there. Number one was when he starts lecturing his brother, he's seeing himself in there. And you know that Otis, despite the fact that he's used for comic relief in the show, all along, deep down inside, he was embarrassed and ashamed of the way he lived. And and there was a price for his drinking. There was a price for his sin. And that, that cell was a representation, a symbol, I think, of how he felt trapped by his drinking. The good news is, in a 1986, one of those that they did back to Mayberry type of things, it's revealed that Otis eventually uh, kicked the alcohol, the addiction, and was the uh, ice cream man in Mayberry now, <laughs> driving an ice cream truck around for the kids. And he got through it. But all that thinking about Otis and his, his problems there with his drinking got me to thinking about this idea that we are slave to, slaves to sin. And I don't know how sin is with you guys. You know, the Bible tells us that it's kind of like uh, the devil is just waiting. Sin is just crouching at our door, waiting for an opportunity to come in. And sometimes have you ever said something spontaneously and you immediately regretted it? You realized it was the wrong thing to say or it was a mean thing to say. It was, you know, done without thinking and yet you felt that you had somehow sinned against that person. Have you ever uh, had a sin that just you couldn't get rid of? That's why we have AA and NA. We have Weight Watchers for people who, who can't uh, control uh, they're eating unless they have a group to support them. AA, NA, all these things to support people. The church is supposed to be a support group for sinners, not a place for saints, but a support group for sinners. But how hard it is for us to overcome sin. And here we are on the eve of a new year, and some of us may be thinking about resolutions. I don't know, most of us are so old, long ago we gave up on resolutions because we realized that by January 31st, they're all out the door, if not before. Very rarely, very rarely has a resolution stuck. Because it's hard to overcome sin. But the great promise of Galatians 4, the scripture that was read this morning isn't so much that we're no longer slaves to sin, but it is that we are sons and daughters of God, joint heirs of all his riches. 
And when I say riches, I mean the ability to live life with joy. The ability to live life with hope, with faith. All of these are the gifts of our good Father in heaven. And when we are confronted by sin, when it's crouching at the door, inviting us out for a good time, God the Father is saying to his child, don't do it. Because so often sin is not what is promised. The prodigal son left his father and went away and lived a hard life and lived a wild life and lived a life of sin only to find out it did not do for him what the promise of the, of the devil said it would do. But instead his father was right, so he returned home. And the invitation of Galatians 4 is for us to come home to our father to abandon the sin that threatens to destroy us. That controls our lives. Folks, we need to pray for the world. I mean, what we have in the message of Jesus Christ, what we have in salvation through Jesus Christ, is something that the world sorely needs. We may see people who reject it out of hand. We may see people who are living life their own way. And we say, well, they have every right to do that. That's their choice. I can't impose upon them and all too. But there are many people out there living life their own way who inside are being eaten alive by sin, by addictions, by all those things. So something to think about for the new year. If we make resolutions, make them on the strength of God. Say, God, I, I resolve that you will reign in my heart in this regard. And when I'm struggling with this particular sin, Father, I resolve that I will not turn to my own resources but I will turn to you my Father in heaven and your grace Holy Father as we go forth may we go forth with songs in our heart may we remember the messages of the songs that we have sung this morning and may we remember the message of Paul in Galatians 4 where he reminds us that we have a loving Father in heaven and even when we are at our lowest Father when we are at our weakest Father, your strength, your love, your grace is enough. We go in that grace and love this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen.